Um, well, let's 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 pivot to like a better, like let's pivot back to cancer, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll tell this, you, this part might get cut. This part might get cut. Just you just wait. You just wait. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 86, recorded on June 24, 2022. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we continue with part three of our four-part interview with Tony Vanierd. Someone, I, I had someone, um, can't give away what I, my, my, my interview questions, but um, I had a question about, you know, two points and, and some function you could do on some points. So, Tony, Tony, it's not like you're on a popular podcast. Yeah, yeah. You can give away your interview secrets. Um, <laughs> basically, it's triangulation, right? It's just like, how do you... Because this is what we do. I, I do computer vision and I find where the projectors hit the monitor, you know, hit the wall and where the pixels land and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, so triangulate. You can tri triangulate two points and and find the point that where they where the two lines cross. And someone's like, "Oh, we could make that a member function of point," and I was just like, "Oh, I, I, you know, the, the interview was going so well." <laughs> and I mean, it was just a student in university, so I, I don't. It's fine, right? But I was like, it, "It's actually, I love when I get this part because I, I will, I will teach during my interviews. I will teach people like, hey, let's talk about whether that should be a member function of the point class or not, and why it yeah. should be and why it shouldn't be, and." And at the end of the interview, I'll ask people, "What did you learn during this interview?" Right? And it's like if you can if you, if you can tell me that you learned something in the interview, it's like yeah, that's great. Even if I'm not going to hire you, I want you to walk away like it's actually I want to know if you are open to learning, right? Like th right. that's what happens at, if you come work with me. We're going to have these conversations. So as part of the interview, I'd like to know how these conversations are going to go. That's a that's a that's a great interview question. What did you learn during this interview? I'm going to start asking that. Well, you got to teach them something though. Somewhere in the interview, they're going to do something. And you're going to be like, "Hey." I think any any conversation anybody has with me yeah. is going to be educational in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh, Christ! Oh. <laughs> and I thought I was like conceited, but you know. At least I have good reason to be conceited. I don't know where Bryce gets his from. That's top five, Bryce. Of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, can't. I can't. Connor is experiencing undefined behavior right now. Listen, listener of the ADSB podcast, okay? I know lots of things, and if you're talking to me, let me tell you, I know more things than you probably. Probably. People tell me. I'm not. I didn't say that I knew a lot of things. All I said was that you'd learn something. You'd learn something about price. That's what you were saying. Uh, that's good. <laughs> It doesn't mean that I'll teach you something. It just means you'll learn something. <laughs> I've got a big brain, lots of things in the brain. I, I I will be the first to say I am not a very clever man. I'm just a very good bullshitter. Oh, you as a consultant would be a very scary thing, Bryce. Uh, <laughs> I would be a very good consultant. <laughs> I would picture you on one of those HBO movies of like where they do the... There's an HBO movie called... Um, oh, it's not too big to fail. It's about like the financial crisis and there's this scene where all the CEOs of, you know, Lehman Brothers and JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley, they're all getting into this, you know, 
you know, conference room and being called in by the secretary of the treasury, Tim- Timothy Geithner. And they're like, we got, you know, you guys are all going to figure out how to bail these things out or the, we're going into the, you know, uh, what do you call it? Great depression number two. And the, the way that they do this intro, uh, they, it's like a montage of like, you know, Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan. And then like they freeze in on the guy's face and they go to the next one. What should we expect from these guys? Jamie is smart. He doesn't have as much cash to work with since he bought Bear. Lloyd's a superstar. Goldman's the smartest shop on the block, and just because I used to be his boss, it doesn't mean he's gonna listen to me. John Mack used to run around the floor screaming, there's blood in the water, let's go kill someone. He's a fighter. Thane was my number two at Goldman. He's selfish. He's a pragmatist. He knows. If Lehman goes, Merrill's next. Vikram Pandit is the new guy at Citigroup. No one knows if he's running City or if City's running him. Bryce would fit so perfectly (laughs) (laughs) with his unbuttoned three-piece suit, you know, looking like he's getting paid $35 million a year. Bryce Adelstein Lelbeck. He's known as the bloodsucker of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I, I don't know why this popped in my head because it's totally unrelated. But um, uh, and I don't know how much you want to like you know intersperse your personal life or whatever. But um, Hannah went went Hannah went to visit you, right? Yes, she did. And you just abandoned her. <laughs> <laughs> I did. This is true. My best friend came to visit me, and I went and abandoned her to go visit my other best friend. Because all, all I, I got, I got texts from her saying like she was she was getting on a plane, and then she was like, "Hey, I'm over Canada right now," and like, "Cool, she's gonna be in New York," and then I'll hear from her after, you know. And then like, middle of the New York trip, she's texting me again. And I'm like, "That's really weird. Like, aren't you hanging out with Bryce right now? Like, why are you texting me?" And then she's like, he's not here. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, but in my defense, like, my girlfriend, like, hung out with yeah. her. So, like, she was, I, I did not. Abandon her like, completely. Yeah. I, 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 you delegated. I had events. You delegated had your events friend. planned, which I was planning on going to, but that they went to instead. Yeah. Um, and in, in more in your defense, you went back. Uh, early when you could have abandoned her entirely for the rest of the week. Yeah, um, he, he went. He, he he made it as short as possible. Yeah. I did make it as short as possible. Um, what I was gonna say though is, I, I I assumed I didn't realize you were going to the conference and everything, right? So I was thinking, I was thinking like, okay, Hannah's gonna be there over the weekend. You guys are gonna you guys are gonna record a, a session of ADSP, and Hannah's gonna be on it. So I'm like, I'm all prepared for this, and I was like, wait. I am going to drive to Toronto, find where Connor lives, and just show up as the other, you know, you know, because it wouldn't be fair. Bryce has like Bryce and Hannah sitting there, and Connor's got nobody. And I'd just be like, I'm there for you, man. I'm just boom, here I am, showing up at your door. We did think about that, but uh, but that weekend was just so because like I didn't I didn't have the keynote slide deck like more than 40% constructed 
until like I got on the plane. And who would do something maybe, like that? Maybe maybe it was fifty or sixty percent constructed, but like I I completely pivoted on the talk I was giving um, fairly late in the game, and um, and yeah, that was a crazy that was a crazy this whole month, this whole summer is very hectic for me. Yeah. Like I had this nice period of like the first like it was like last summer was hectic because I was moving and then like my first like like three to four months in New York was nice and peaceful and calm, um, and then my life has just been complete chaos since then. You'll yeah, be in but I, for I, th- a, a week. I thrive on the chaos. I thrive on the chaos. We'll go see. We'll go see some ducks to calm down your life. Um, yeah. You can come with. You can come with too, Tony. We'll go see the ducks together. Remember when there, there was a big giant duck? There was the big giant blow. Yeah, duck. yeah. Maybe that's yeah, true. that floated around for a while. What was that about? I can't. I just remember seeing it. I mean, if it was an advertising, <laughs> what was campaign, that about? It was a duck. <laughs> if it was an advertising camp campaign, it didn't work because I don't remember what it was about either. Yeah, I just remember it was a big duck. I do think it was trying to bring awareness to something. Um, <laughs> ducks, to I hope. Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> to the needs of waterfowl. It'd be really yeah. sad if it was like cancer or something. Like, oh yeah, I don't remember what it was about. Connor, Connor, now you're gonna have to go check later and make sure it wasn't cancer. I will, I will double check. You have to, you have to edit. I was about to bring up a real sad story, but then I, we'll we'll avoid it. So, what's your real sad story? What's a sad story? (laughs) Well, because it's sad, we can't actually joke about it. But when, um, when I was down in San Diego, Tuesday afternoon, uh, went to the beach after the conference around like five or six. And there was a helicopter flying up and down the beach. And there was also like boats and jet skis. And I had checked out the beach on the weekend because I got there on Saturday. But I just so I wasn't sure if this was like a thing that happened in America that they just like for extra safety because the waves were pretty bad. And so I was like recording videos to like send to my parents like, oh, look, we got the we got the helicopters out and, uh, you know, whatever actually turns out. It was because uh, there was uh, three teenagers that were swimming out amongst a bunch of other people, and uh, lifeguards saw that they were struggling and was managed to get two of them in into the water, but they were never able to recover the third. And um, I think yeah, it was an eighteen-year-old kid, and for the whole oh. week, basically, the it was the coast guards that were basically up and down the shore from I think like sun sunrise to sunset. So yeah, it was sad because I was. I just was. I just thought it was like an American thing, you know. They got guns everywhere yeah. down there, so they do things different. So I just thought, you know, um, it's like an American thing to be at a beach, and then like, of course, there's like a helicopter because you know we got we got guns and we got helicopter. Like I don't know. And so I, I was kind of recording these little videos, and then I wasn't actually able to send them to my parents because because yeah. it ended up actually being uh, the worst case scenario. Um, um, well, let's 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 pivot to like a better <laughs> like let's pivot back to cancer, right? Um, <laughs> and and I'll tell you this, this part might get this, cut. This, this, this part might get cut. Well, you, just, you just wait. You just wait. Let me tell you, can't look if, me, you, if you're not cutting the patent part, you're not cutting this part. Let, let me tell you a, a cancer joke because you know cancer is funny. Um, yeah, all right, Tony, you might be about to get canceled. I'm sure you know it's 2022, but yeah. uh, just uh, I will tell you, know. I will set up the joke. My mom told the joke, and she was the one with the cancer. Right, so. No, my, my mom had cancer too. Yeah. So, um, and, and this is like to give an insight into my, my family and, and how I was, you know, why I'm a, I'm a bit odd sometimes. Um, so my mom had cancer 
had a mastectomy, right? Breast cancer, mastectomy. She's in the hospital. She's being treated well in the hospital. She's there resting, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, hey, mom, how you doing? Every, you know, she's like, this is great. They're taking care of me. I get, uh, you know, she's like, some people go to like a resort and it costs an arm and a leg. This costs less. That's the joke. Didn't cost an <laughs> arm and a leg. That's my mom. That's my mom for you. Joking about. Yeah. So, so I have another, I also have a funny cancer story. Jesus. What does this podcast become? <laughs> I, prom- I promise you, listener, I have no cancer jokes or stories. My mother did not have cancer. So my, so my, um, my single mother got thyroid cancer when I was like two, which Whoa. is pretty terrifying for her. Um, and then it went into like remission and, uh, and then it guess it came back on like, uh, I was 10 or so. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is, like, I didn't know that she had cancer until, like, one or two years ago. It wasn't like she tried to, like, keep it a secret from me. It was just, like, like, and, like, I knew she, like, took, like, the synthetic thyroid thing. But, like, it was just, like, it happened at a young enough age yeah. that at the time, at the times when it was active, like, I'm sure somebody explained it to me. But, like, not, not like, I knew that there was something. I didn't know it was cancer. <laughs> but so when I was 10... She had to go to the hospital to get some radiation treatment. And when I was younger, I was really afraid of radiation. Like I would not keep a, a flip phone on me because I was afraid of like the radiation, you know, because when cell phones first came yeah. out, there were all these people who were concerned about the radiation would have these long term effects on or the, 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 um, the antenna would have all these long term effects on us. Um, Maybe that explains so I, society now. All right. <laughs> Maybe it does. And so my mother comes back from the hospital just have having had her, you know, radiation treatment for her cancer. And she comes in and she wants a hug from me. She had been gone overnight. And I go and hide in the corner because I'm like, I want to be as far away from you as possible. And I think I accused her of like, are you going to glow in the dark at night? <laughs> So I would not hug my mother after she came back from getting her uh, thyroid cancer treatment. Yeah. And and you wonder why she thought you were going to struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. But it, it, it is really, it, it's kind of remarkable that like I didn't really understand that like the impact of like, oh yeah, she had cancer. Uh, I didn't even realize that until like the last few years. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you don't have a thyroid because they took it out. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about Connor, something else now. Connor, you got to you, No, no, no. Connor's got to tell his his funny his family cancer, cancer story. story. <laughs> who doesn't have an amusing cancer story? I mean, I do not. I've been relatively. I mean, relatively. I've been very lucky. Um, I've actually only been really to one funeral of a family member in my lifetime. And it was my, my dad's mom who passed away a few years ago. But, um, and I guess I can't remember if she had cancer, but, uh, I don't really have a funny cancer story. I do have a funny, I mean, I'm throwing my dad under the bus here, but he doesn't listen to this. So I guess whatever. And this is not, it's not exactly in the same, uh, vein as your, both of your stories. But, um, my father, uh, is a journalist. I don't know why that's relevant, but we grew up in a small town called Prince George, British Columbia on the West coast. And, um, how do I describe my dad? I mean, hopefully he never listens to this, but he's the kind of guy that like, uh, we lived, 
uh, like three minute walk away from uh, a river and like woods. So we'd go for walks all the time. And, you know, sometimes you'd run into like black bears or brown bears, usually black bears that leave you alone. But my dad would always like to bring like a, a buck knife along. You know, he's uh, wearing his jeans. He likes to, he considers himself and my sister, my three sisters and I always give him a hard time because he considers himself a man of the wild. And, you know, if, if pushed, you know, if, if he happened to find himself abandoned in the middle of the woods, you know, he would be able to fend for himself and build a small shelter that would soon, he would be, you know, the Robinson Williams or what, what is it? The Robinson family? Yeah. Robinson. Yeah. He would, uh, you know, he'd be, he'd, you know, be skinning rabbits in no time, even though that's, you know, that's not my dad, but that's, you know, that's uh, what he likes to think. Anyways, he gets, um, uh, pain in his lower right abdomen. Um, and long story short, basically self-diagnoses himself with appendicitis and decides to just drive himself to the hospital. Doesn't let anyone know. And, uh, he's checking himself in <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, my mother gets a call from the doctor being like, Hey, is this, uh, is this, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, it's me. Oh, well, we're just here with your husband. Um, he's going under. I just thought we'd let you know because uh, he mentioned that he had not told anyone that he was here. <laughs> and he's very proud of that. He's very proud that he uh, WebMD'd himself to a correct diagnosis and uh, didn't need anybody. And, um, yeah, my mother always uh, sort of half laugh and half is just like, are you crazy? Like, why, who does that? Who who di- diagnoses themselves with something and then just checks themselves into the hospital without letting their loved ones know. Um. <laughs> I, I have two, two uh, stories on that. Um, one, uh, so my dad, my dad was in the rodeo and stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I got like 18 things I thought about when you're talking about that. Cause I grew up in the woods. I grew up in a log house, like literally log house in the woods. Um, and my dad raises any animal. He can train anything, you know, pet badger, pet, whatever you want, raccoons and squirrels and hawks and eagles and everything. So my dad is like, you know, in the woods. He's a man of the wild. Yeah, he is a man of the wild. Um, We had a horse farm, trained horses and things. But um, he's in the rodeos and stuff like that. And the one guy he hung out with in the rodeos um, got uh, speared by a bull one time, right? Went Went to the hospital for that. And while they were fixing him up, they're like, hey, did like your appendix burst once. Did like, and he didn't go to the hospital. They're like, there's like, we can see that your appendix, like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, six months ago I had a pain in my side and uh, I just tightened my belt a little bit, you know, just like, (laughs) just kept some pressure on it. It was, it was fine. That does, that does sound about right. Yeah. Yeah, Six months. Yeah, that does. uh, Thanks doc. Yep. Thanks for confirming. (laughs) That was was my, my dad's friend, but my dad also, um, uh, because he, I, I've got like 57,000 stories of my dad being injured and, and just dealing with it on his own. Like, um, tis but a scratch. He, he, he used to cut wood in, you know, like, cause we lived in a log house and we would cut wood yeah, and yeah. bring wood in. And then he would fuel for the fire. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd bring in kind of big pieces of wood and sometimes you'd cut it some more with the little hatchet. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Eh? Yeah. You can see where this is going. <laughs> and so this is, it's not a bad story though. It's okay. Um, and he would always, you're just like, and my mom was just like thinking that he's going to cut his thumb off or something, right? Because he's just really close to, he's holding this piece of wood just just on the edge and hacking it with an axe and stuff. And one day he just cuts and he goes, oh, <laughs> he just, whoa, <laughs> and doesn't say anything. <laughs> just like, oh, <laughs> and like literally cut off just the tip of his thumb. Right, like not. I'm like, I'm also missing the tip of my thumb. All right, my left go. thumb. So he cuts yeah. off the tip of his thumb and he picks it up, 
and like oh, no. wraps it up a little bit and I did the same thing. Takes him to takes himself to the hospital to get it sewn back on, right? Yeah. And they just they just fix him up and they're like, "Okay, we've all, we've all been there. Yeah, who all hasn't done this?" And and they they're like, "You know, take care of it, don't do anything, blah blah blah." blah. And but you know, like we live on a farm and stuff. So the next day, my dad's out on the farm with the horses and stuff, and it falls off. It, 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 all, uh. You know, and so he goes back to the hospital and they sew it back on again and stuff like that. And then like one more day, I don't even know how much more time goes by. It comes off again. So he picks up the end of it. Is you know like the and he throws it in the woods. <laughs> he's, just, he's just like screw that. <laughs> and that and it really wasn't much because like you can't you can hardly tell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing like, I'm missing like a fourth of an inch on my, my left thumb. And yeah, yeah, it's exactly, it wasn't so bad. I mean, it was incredibly painful and there were a lot, there was a lot of drugs that summer, but, uh, but yeah. No, my dad didn't even like my, my dad. Yeah. When my dad was 70 something, 70. Yeah. He was training a horse to, to go up on its hind legs and hop forward like a, like a rabbit. And, you know, why did he want to do this? I, no one knows. But and he finally got the horse to do it. And then it when it went, you know, because he said the oh, horse no. would do anything for him if you could just describe to the horse what you wanted. Right. The hard part is convincing, like trying to, you know, so you get the horse to go forward, but you pull back on the reins like he's standing way behind the horse. But you pull back on the reins so it knows to go up. But then you're like hitting it, you know, tapping it with a, a thing to go to on its butt to tell it to go forward but to go up and then to like you know it's really complicated but once the horse figured out what to do it would do it for him right because my dad can train anything so for some reason the horse finally did it once and then kicked after and kicked my dad in in his hands which were because he was holding onto these reins and broke both his hands Uh. and the doctor basically said if your hands weren't there you would have hit your chest and you would be dead Right, and so my 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 dad had to call up my brother because my brother was still living, you know, on the farm there, um, on an old rotary phone that we had in the barn, and he's like, his hands are all broken, but he's like dialing the phone. He's like, Tom, gotta, can you drive me to the hospital? <laughs> my brother's just like, yeah, what happened this time? <laughs> he's like, oh, I and he was seventy at the time. Yeah, and he went to the hospital yeah. and like literally looked like Edward Scissorhands because they had to put like pins all through his hands. It's like, yeah, I see that Connor is not yeah, my, good with this kind of stuff. My, my my dad is somewhat similar. He is uh he is seventy, and uh, this is supposed to be his first year of retirement, and he has spent most of the year building a house or rebuilding a house. <laughs> my dad's like one of those guys who like goes to Lowe's like you know forty times in a month, and like goes in the store and somebody asks him like, "Can I help you?" and he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so my dad, uh, like six months after this, you know, had both his hands just shattered. Um, he's complaining that his one hand hurts a little bit and we're like, well, yeah, you like totally (laughs) smashed your hands. And he's like, yeah, but the other one's fine. And he barely has a scar. (laughs) Like he is like a Wolverine. He he just heals. He's like, well, it should be fine now. Cause it's like, all right, dad, like you're 70 years old and you know, just get, get back out there and do, you know, do the next thing. Is most of I'm curious if that is a function of uh, due to having lived on a farm. Was it most of it? I guess is like a way healthier diet. Some, like, are you eating lots of like grown well, vegetables? Well, I, I think and... also. Um, so my grandfather was was also like my grandfather lived to like 98 or something, um, oh. and it's just the whole that side of the family just 
just as healthy. My grandfather lived, lived to 98, never went to the hospital in his life until, you know, the last days. And he lived. What about, uh, what about when the wife was pregnant? And not even sure that because, you know, farmers, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Why, why are you the assuming day, there was a hospital the 50s, there? Right? Or whatever, 40s, 50s. Things were different then, right? You just 40s, go to the barn 30s, and pop one out. 30s even, right? So wait, the wife didn't even go to a hospital? <laughs> Who knows? Right? Probably not. Probably not, actually, back then. Um really? uh, cause, like my dad was born in like 32 or something like that, 1932. So like, you know, things were different back then. Um, maybe he went to the hospital for that, but he never went to the hospital for his own, you know. Um, so two parts to this story, too. My grandfather is in the hospital for whatever. You know, he's 98 years old, still driving. He like, was still driving in his 90s, uh, still his license and everything. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, you can probably, you'll be able to go home in a few days, something, something. I don't even know what was wrong with him. And he just literally said, no, I'm fine. This is it. And then died the next day. Like that night, he died. He just like. Wait, this is, this is your, your dad? No, my, your gr- my grandfather when he was 98. He's just like, eh, I've had enough. Wow. I, I'm done. And he just that literally what he told the doc. What did the doctors say? That they were like talking about letting him leave the hospital. You know, oh, you'll you'll will like you know. I don't know what he had. I don't I don't know what he died from. He just died from. He had old. Yeah, he just died he from old. like That's I'm, I'm done. I've had enough. Time to go. See you later. Wow. Right. But also, um, when my grandfather my grandfather lived in Holland, and my dad's got all these crazy stories about living through World War II. Right. Um, they would they would be like. German would occupy their farm and then, you know, Americans were occupying their farm and then like, you know, they would have soldiers living in the barns and, you know, it was crossing paths all the time. But um, after the war, they moved to Canada and my grandfather was 50 when he brought the whole family over to, to Canada. My dad was like 18 or something. And my grandfather at the time said, um, I'm going to live 50 years in uh, Holland 50 years in Canada and 50 years in Australia. Like that's his plan, right? So my grandfather, <laughs> yeah, I know it. But my grandfather was like, when he was like 92 or something, he took a plane trip to New Zealand. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm going to check out New Zealand. I want to see where I'm going to live. Like, he's like, I'm planning when I hit a hundred, I'm going to move down. He's like, I've changed my plan from Australia to New Zealand and you know, all this stuff. So he takes a plane ride to New Zealand from, from, Canada from Toronto or wherever he like left from, right? Long plane Which ride. It's a long yeah, plane. Yeah, long plane ride. And I guess on this plane ride, he's talking to the the flight attendants and stuff saying saying like I've been through the war, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff. This plane's coming down. I can just feel it. Like I can feel it in my bones. This plane's and the flight attendants like, "Let us get you a blanket, sir." And like, you know, doing everything they can to make sure he's okay, right? For the whole flight to New Zealand. And then they come down and they land. And he said, like, told you so. <laughs> told you the plane was coming down. <laughs> what did your grandfather do? Uh, he's he a, farmer. a farmer. Farmer, yeah. He was a farmer? How did he feel about your dad being uh, in the rodeo? Uh, my, my dad was kind of the, I, I'm not, not 100% sure, because my grandfather also did stuff with horses. But all, all the other brothers and people in the family, like my dad's like one of 11 kids, right? Because people had oh, wow. yeah, tons of kids back then. Um, they're all farmers, but they're all like pig farmers and, and like crops and tractors and mm-hmm. the, the real, real farmers, right? We had horses. We're, we're not farmers. We had horses. 
So my dad mm-hmm. was the odd one out of the family um, who like raised horses and trained horses and, and uh, trained horses for the circus and like all these kind of weird things that, you know, and, and we lived in Windsor, which is, you know, right across the border from Detroit. So my dad took care of horses for people in Motown, right? Like huh. Diana Ross and the Supremes and like all these, you know, superstars of, of Motown in the 60s. They would pick up my dad in a limo with um, a leopard skin fur seats, seats yeah. on the limo and everything. And my dad would be in his like stuff to like take care of horses and like shoe the horses and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they'd pick him up in the limo. So then you probably know how to ride horses. I know. How, yeah, this is this is. I, I heard you talking about horses the other day. Yes, yes, I I like rode my tricycle under horses. Like I just grew up with horses <laughs> around all the time. So you've got some connections when Bryce is at that phase yeah. where he needs needs to purchase a a couple Appaloosas. Uh, yeah. You'll yeah. you'll be the guy to go to. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.